the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be with you on this December 11th, 2023. A very, very complex and challenging time that we're in, are we not? <clears throat> Think about all of the uh, year-end uh, challenges that have befallen us over the many, many years that we've been American citizens, citizens of the world, the people of God, um, if you will, and um, coming up against the conundrum of life as we move towards the end of the year. Just, just thinking about, again, the kind of paradoxical contradiction and uh, intention of being uh, uh, sort of uh, positioned by which we might celebrate uh, the light of the world, the um, the essence of life, the ground of life, the cause of life. For those who are Orthodox, Biblical Christians, we <clears throat> know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the second person of the glorious triune Godhead, and thus the instrumental agent by which the Father created the universe in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him. And there was nothing that was made that was not made by him. He is the one that we are moving towards in the trajectory of uh, celebration and preparation, putting together all of our paraphernalia and lights and gifts and all that type of stuff, which I I like to do. Um, and yet here we are in a world very much like the first century Christians, like the um, <clears throat> like the saints who were preparing for Christ's first coming, like the uh, the individuals um, who were waiting for the consolation of Israel, like Hannah, like uh, Elizabeth, and like uh, uh, Zachariah. And, uh, and others who longed for Messiah. And yet, what was the condition and circumstances and, and the surrounding uh, epic of the time? Conflict, uh, trouble, turmoil. It was Jeremiah who said it in Jeremiah chapter 33, Rachel weeping with her children, the woes of war, the woes of conflict, the woes of of. Uh, of strife and tension, the woes of colonial domination of the, the people of God at that time because of their rebellion against Torah. Um, society was broken. 
And there were all kinds of factions in Israel, all kinds of uh, compromised uh, groups, apostate elements, particularly within the uh, the ranks of the monarchy. The uh, Judite kings, such as Herod, was a grossly wicked, violently wicked man, and his uh, hyper insecurity to his own throne led him to want to exterminate all, exterminate all of the men children of Israel. Israel in pursuit of what the Magi had plainly told him we saw his star in the east. This is all historical record, you guys. These are difficult, painful, violently wicked, wicked, wicked times. If you were living there, you'd have a different understanding, a different aroma, a different sense, a different disposition, a different attitude about the person of Christ. You'd have a different attitude about the realities of higher redemptive principles and values over against the extremely truncated and compromised religious values of the Israel of that day. You would understand if you were one who was waiting for the consolation of Israel to realize that you were living in extremely difficult, paradoxical, contradictory terms, and you would have to choose between the power of the state, the power of the flesh, the arm of, uh, of colonial leadership and, and, and dominion through an atrocious uh, government called the Roman Empire, of which Daniel interpreted uh, and his apocalypse foreshadowing of the coming of the four beasts, Babylon, Medo-Persia, the uh, Grecian kingdom, and then ultimately the Roman Empire. A monstrosity of a collective of imageries in Daniel 7 that could not even remotely comport with the normal zoomorphic uh, imagery that we can describe Babylon, Medo-Persia, and the Grecian kingdom. At least they have natural, organic, zoomorphic uh, qualities and features. This fourth one was an absolute monster. What that meant was the Roman Empire, with all of their seizures, their Roman leaders, and I've told you this as long as I've been on this radio program, that our presidents are nothing but neo-Caesar, neo-emperors, who also... Uh, sustain life, if you will, at the highest political levels through war and through conflict, through bloodshed, through tyranny, through control. This is going to be the clear record in heaven concerning the Roman Empire in the first century and the neo-Roman empires of our present century as well. I know there are some in the audience who totally get what I'm saying, totally understand the uh the comparison between the Roman Empire then and our own country. I mean, on a multiple of levels, we could make comparison at the jurisprudence level, at the uh, governmental level, at the uh, local uh, tyrannical levels of, of uh, police states and, and, and abuses, both uh, on the ground at the micro-relational level and then at the highest levels of the goal of the Roman Empire being itself the center of the world, the glory of the world, um, you know, completely ignorant of the, the vast uh, majority of the rest of the world and, and could care less. But what about people on the ground? Even in that day, as in my own day, I believe there are four characteristics that dominated them and dominate us, too. Because when you're living in the fear and grip of the control of that which appears to have almost infinite power, this is what John is saying in Revelation chapter 13, who can make war with the beast? 
he opens his mouth and blasphemy against God and, and the heavens and them that dwell in them, which is a, a description of the opposition of the satanic powers of this secular world against Christ and his truth and his people. And, uh, and, and, and human beings, in order to negotiate this, are operating out of five pathologies easily. Ignorance, ignorance, um, something I want to talk about after the break as well. Apathy, apathy, ignorance is when you you just are um, you just don't know what's going on. You you think you do maybe, but you really don't. And there are factors that play a role in why you don't know. And um, that's that's a significant portion of the society for sure. But another uh, pathological quality of human beings is apathy. Apathy. Not only that you don't know, but you don't care. You really don't care about what's going on. You're fine with being spoon-fed the the normal diet of your legacy media uh, trope. And then thirdly, people are confused. We we should be aware of that, you guys. Men and women are confused. And and where do you find people just merely confused? Like some of our dear friends out there still wearing masks in their cars. Or out in the open air when you're around, you know, in, in, in just thousands of yards of open space, dear, confused human beings. So you got ignorance, you got apathy, you also have confusion, confusion. And when you see these qualities, you, you really want to identify them for what they are because we have to be somewhat empathetic, but also uh position ourselves so that we can speak into either that ignorance or that apathy or that confusion. Or here's another one, complicity. Uh, people are either ignorant, apathetic, confused, or complicit with the evils of its government. There's no doubt about it. The Bible is explicitly clear that the rulers of our world, the kingdoms of our world, including this government, are beasts. And they are predatorial in nature, and their whole goal is power and control. And when they exceed the the natural uh, logic of power and control, is really for the purpose uh, of the good of its citizens and humanity. The explicit purpose of a government is to reward good and punish evil. That's the explicit purpose of a government, to reward good and punish evil. And, and get this, the goal of the government is not to define what is good and to define what is evil. That would be to play God, which is what's going on in our country right now with censorship and and, and punishment for people's views and, and ideas, et cetera, et cetera. That is not the role of government. The role of government is to understand and discover what true goodness is and, and reward it. Understand and discover what true evil is and punish it. Uh, it is a servant to God, not to play God or be God or exercise God-like dominion, authority, oppression, and tyranny over its people, which is the conversation that we have to continually have in our world, because if the latter is true about our government, if our government is really saying no to God, that they are God, that they get to define reality, get to define terms, and therefore get to change the terms in midstream whenever a particular ideology or policy or view or worldview does not fit their scheme and agenda, now we got a rogue 
tyrannical, predatorial, despotic, pseudo-God on the uh, horizon. And uh, it never goes well for the people or that society or that leadership when they act out in that fashion. God raises up kings and sets them down. So we come back. I want to talk about the four categories. There's a fifth one, too, I, I do want to talk about. It has to do with commitment to truth. But when I come back from the break, we'll continue. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. If you want to line up, the number is one 367 You're listening to Jesse Gistan. Glad to be here. So thankful to be here. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. We're back, and the time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Hope you are well. Hope you are healthy. Um, Hope you are focused. Hope you are grounded. Um, And I hope you are informed. We were talking about four categories of human pathological behavior that exists largely on a uh, a social level in any society where the society is... uh, Excuse me. The society is is in a flux. It's going through complicated political uh, challenges, very complicated political challenges, as was the case for Israel in the first century and is the case for the world today. And I think I can make a case for the parallelisms between what was happening in Israel at that time and what are what's happening uh, with America at this time. And, and certainly America in relationship to Israel, you know, that's where I'm going, because uh, there is a <clears throat> inseparable correlation between that state, that nation state and this nation state. And and ignorance becomes one of those things that you look up and you go, okay, that that's I, I get it. But how is it that men and women can be so very uh, thoroughly furnished with, lavished with the kind of data information, resources uh, that that uh, that are at our availability, even insofar as our phones are concerned, let alone our computers, our PCs, and our. Um, enormously equipped libraries across this nation uh, at, at local levels, you know, public libraries, and then our uh, our universities and our state colleges. You can go to any of them and begin to do your own studies geopolitically, socially, um, uh, in terms of just boning up on your worldviews, or even gaining some more accurate insight into uh, terms and phrases and nomenclatures that are used in the media uh, as tropes very much many times, you know, I already told you fundamentally, if you're listening to the mainstream media, everything you're saying is framed in a set of presuppositions that are fundamentally lies. Uh, It's so very clear we're learning this, are we not? Um, They have to come back and recognize and acknowledge, in some cases, almost not acknowledging, but having to acquiesce to the fact that we caught them lying again. But when you when they were engaged in that set of prevarications, that set of lies, it was framed in the most eloquent, the most uh, stately way, uh, with a kind of poker face and um, almost unerring confidence as they stated their lie after lie after lie after lie to humanity, coupled with the 
uh, media industrial complex's capacity to bring entertainment in all forms of the uh, clown show, the circus show, to continue to entertain you, to um, to bring your sense of critical analysis, critical thinking skills down and have you somewhat um, paralyzed by distraction so that you remain ignorant. These are the exploitations that take place by the people that are in power. They don't want you to be aware. They don't want you to be awake. They want you to stay mentally and emotionally and psychologically asleep so that they can lead us like a herd of sheeples into folds of psychological control. Psychological control. That's exactly um, what the Proverbs warns us about. They don't sleep, Proverbs 4, 16 says, until they have done some mischief, until they have conceived a plan, until they have implemented it, until they have brought harm to humanity. And so a lot of times people are ignorant because they just are not aware that what's coming out of the mouth of the media and the many different platforms that they find on television or in their uh, means of communication is controlled, controlled narratives, controlled conversations, controlled and framed uh, information, controlled and uh, curated data given to you in order to affect an outcome of ignorance. Uh, we call this the fold of the ignorant. The you know the evidence and indicators of that is when they open their mouth. The only sources that they can uh, use as a grounds and premise for their um, their their sense of knowledge is the very narrow Pravda media outlets that you and I have have talked about for years. NBC, CBS. In S, you know, in uh, in CBS, uh, forget even the other names there. Fox News, um, MSNBC, there it is, and and a few other CNN news. These news cycles are fundamentally operating with the same data points, the same set of information, even if they are coming from two different positions. And that ought to tell you something too. When the two almost virulently, virulently opposite uh, viewpoints are today operating almost in perfect in-airing lockstep with each other in terms of a particular subject matter, a particular topic, then know that this is contrived, it's controlled, okay? It's controlled narrative. And so the second group of people, not only the fold of the ignorant, but the fold of the apathetic. Now, you meet them too. And these are even more difficult, I think, people to deal with because they've checked out emotionally. They have a profound sense of not wanting to care. They just don't. If you say, hey, can we have a conversation about what you just stated, about what they just stated, about what they are interpreting is the fact. No, not really. I just kind of want to say to myself, I don't care. Don't care to be concerned with life in the world. Don't care to be concerned with the plight of their fellow man. Don't have the energy. Don't have the strength. Don't have the desire to know enough about what's really going on to look at it and see it for what it is really saying. Again, that is the proverb that, that lays out such a clear argument. If your strength is small in the day of adversity, then, then there's a huge problem with us when that's the case. So apathy, apathy is, is what dominates a lot of people. And then there's thirdly the fold of confusion. 
confusion. That, that's a huge one. <clears throat> Where people just say, man, I can't figure this thing out. Generally, they're traumatized. Apathy is often a consequence of trauma, too. There's no doubt about it. But but definitely, this Babylonian, neo-Babylonian system you and I live in wants you to be confused. This is why the media industrial complex, again, constantly assaults you with contradictory narratives that intentionally dislodge rational thought and the capacity to take things apart and put it together, which I've told you is what it means to understand something. You are called to the attention of a repeated phrase, a repeated narrative, a repeated concept, a, a, a thrown out piece of terminology. And now all of a sudden you feel like, what's that about? And then the next thing you know, they're saying exactly the opposite when another subject matter comes up. You go, isn't that contradicting what you just said over there six months ago or a year ago? You know, like it's, it's all right to critique and condemn and punish white folks for things that they did hundreds of years ago, but you dare not critique the Zionists in Israel for some of the very same clearly systematic discriminatory evils that have been happening to the Palestinians for decades. So you can't talk like that without being called a Holocaust denier or a racist or an anti-Semite, which I have told you I reject all of those faulty bifurcations it is a false bifurcation for you to say to me, because I do not believe Black Lives Matter BLM is a legitimate uh, institution for dealing with the evils of racism that I'm somehow uh, anti-Black. I do not go for that. I do not go for the notion that because I reject critically the manner and the fallacy and the impact of the COVID jab that somehow I am anti-Vaxxer. I, I, I reject those tropes. I also reject the trope that if I say you need to be very critical of the Zionist state, that I'm being um, uh, anti, an anti-Semite. This is what they're doing in the universities right now with you know, university presidents. The university president of Harvard is on, on the hot seat for not explicitly rejecting what some of the students are saying from the river to the ocean. From the river to the ocean. You heard it because all your media outlets have played it to get you emotionally excited over the last month and a half. From the river to the ocean. And guess what? They're the only ones telling you what that means. They're the only ones telling you what from the river to the ocean means. To the, from the river Jordan to the Mediterranean Ocean. That means completely annihilate all Jews. Get rid of all Jews. And, and you buy it. Instead of saying, you know what? Let me see if that's true. If that is universally, unequivocally, invariably the interpretation of that phrase, like you and I know the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, uh, then there is no controversy around that definition. Then maybe, maybe we've got a problem. But what if that term is narrowly being used as a monoconceptual trope by one group of people in order to avoid you knowing the larger contextual subject behind that term, then you're being manipulated, you're being controlled. That's what I'm talking about. And it's not like our government has not done this a gazillion times before. 
This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. This is your host, Jesse Gitzner. We'll come back, lay some more foundation. And obviously, I'm opening the phone lines for conversations to all of us, because rather than being scared of being punished for freedom of speech, let's debate it, let's dialogue it, let's have a conversation about it, let's be civil, rational, and we can be charitable. But what we cannot do is be afraid to pursue the truth. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. The time is 535 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. The number to reach me is one 367 As you can tell, my subject through the back door, dealing with fundamental principles of sociological manipulation on the part of governments uh, and uh, the impact of the people on the ground, that is you and me, Uh, And these four categories of pathological behavior, either ignorance, apathy, confusion, confusion is where I left off. And of course, I want to deal with complicity here in a moment. What what is complicity? What is confusion? As we stated, is when the media is giving you all kind of contradictory propositions, all kind of contradictory. One day they say this. And it's okay. The next day they say that, and it's not okay. And yet the underlying principle is fundamentally the same. Now you are being controlled by an arbitrary authority. And that's confusing. Like when a parent gives a child uh, a command and the child uh, doesn't obey that command, and then the parent disciplines that child. And then later on down the line, the child does something else. And the parent would say, don't do that. But the child continues doing that. And the parent does not discipline that child. Now the child is starting to be confused about what they can do and can't do, whether or not mama or daddy is actually being consistent in their framework of discipline to help that individual understand boundaries and and prohibitions and imperatives uh, so that that individual could know how to relate to authority as they as they get older. But when you have a government like ours that pathologically lies to you, I could spend 10 programs talking to you about it. But I'll tell you, you know, just where we started to get to the last one called complicity, because <clears throat> uh, millions and millions and millions, tens of millions of people in America are looking at our government, not just the right, but the left, not just the left, but the right. Not just the extreme right or extreme left, but also the moderate, moderate right, moderate left, whatever that is. And many of us, especially our young people, are coming to recognize the duplicitous, uh, contradictory behavior of the uniparty. Now, you know the uniparty is, is, is functioning when both your left-right narratives are saying the same thing, when they are in agreement with something as if it should be universally, unequivocally, without argument, the God-honest truth. So that's why I was saying before the break, uh, Ms. Gay, the uh, president of Harvard University, African-American woman happens to be, doesn't matter. She is now on the hot seat because she's moving really slowly around condemning the students who are saying from the river to the sea. And, uh, and, and, and I, it's very clear that all of the agitated um, uh, Jewish people or pro-Jewish advocates are wanting her to condemn them 
Just as when, you know, this whole woke doctrine emerged and, uh, and, and you had, you know, your, your colored people going after, you know, Caucasians and wanting to dismantle them and destroy them and, and tear them apart. And there was nothing. There was nothing to, you know, shred the white man, get rid of the white man, get rid of, get rid of everything white. That too is a fallacy of argument. Just because some white people are bad doesn't make all white people bad. But see, if you are a shilling, if you are ignorant, if you can be controlled, if you're apathetic, if you, particularly if you're confused and complicit, which is the thing that burdens me around the particular issue that's going on now, the complicity of people with our media and with our government over something so precious as eternity bound souls, the complicity of people with our government over something that is so precious as eternity bound souls. I guess it's the fruit of confusion, apathy, and ignorance. The complicity of people who simply say, "Uh uh-huh, bob their head when the solution to an atrocity that happens on October 7th, where there now the numbers are much more accurate, only about a thousand people died horribly, and 200 of them were military, and unquestionably the others, and, and we still need to really do a, a legitimate concrete investigation of how they died and who killed them because there are many arguments as to that being somewhat of the consequences of the uh, IDF and their indiscriminate response. Never, never, never mind that. We are at over 20,000 human beings, eternity bound souls in Palestine being completely eviscerated from the earth and mowing the lawn. And that's supposed to be all right with you or me. The in the day, if your strength is small in the day of adversity, in the day of adversity, your strength is small if you faint. That's what Solomon said. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Your strength is, is small Uh, when you aren't ready to deal with the adversity of complexity around something so important as life, where you and I can't afford to turn our backs again. And this is so paradoxical, because the people we're talking about are the Jewish people who have forever reminded us of Auschwitz and forever reminded us of the horrors of the Holocaust, never letting up. Now, all of a sudden, are at least, at least controversially by significant portions of the world, you won't hear that in your media, being condemned for the same kind of atrocities, and nobody wants to have that conversation, let alone the church. Like, you know, I get up every day and I go, man, I'm living in some real, real, capitulated times. I teach this principle of grace. There's nothing new under the sun. That which has been is and that which is to be. That was that's already been too. So we are cyclic we are cyclical in the pattern of our, our behavior cyclical in events. The names change, but the patterns remain the same. And and what is absolutely profound here is that it is frequently true. That if people can be accosted, they can be controlled, they can be dominated, they can be subordinated, they can be abused, they can be killed. And when they rise up, they can actually also be inclined to do the same thing. You know that's true. You know that's true. And the only thing that's going to stop a wounded person 
from rising up and wounding other people is if there are legitimate external uh, accountability measures to help that person get the help that's needed to keep them from doing the very same thing out of a sense of a desperation to preserve their own life. And Lord Atkins made it very clear Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And your Bible has laid it out very clear that the nature of government is to act acquisition power. Because once you can get the power, then you can have the control and you can utilize fear and lies and prevarications and deceptions and manipulation to actually frame the narrative. He who frames the narrative is telling the story, Plato says, and others. And I am I am absolutely certain that's where we are again today. Somebody had told me uh, three years ago when I rejected Black Lives Matter, uh, rejecting the woke doctrine, clear that we have had a history of racism in our country, clear that we have had systemic racism within the structures of our country, but knowing that we have made absolute significant progress, never ever being done, but definitely not where we were 152 years ago, not even 100 years ago, and we need to be honest about that. Uh, uh, Black folks and white folks have uh, made a lot of progress, I think, except in positions of power. We still got this really eerie, nasty, uh, odorous uh, smell and stitch of a kind of superiority on the part of our government collectively as if it's the best, wisest, most brilliant, most powerful, uh, righteous nation on the planet. It's not. Just do a little research and you discover we are a disappointment to the world on a thousand levels. And we're mockery to many countries when they look over here and see how our country, our government lies to us, to our face. And uh, and everybody else can see what's going on in the world but us. Uh, I was told on this very program that, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on the wrong side of history because I rejected the hype, the scam of BLM. They've already plundered all the wealth. You guys already know that, right? You you know those those uh, gay sisters who, who hate you know male patriarchy and the biblical model of family and and all that, which is fundamentally righteous and good spiritually. Who they stated that they were you know exceedingly grounded Marxists and their goal was to infiltrate, destroy, dismantle the uh, patriarchal family uh, and had all kind of black folks you know uh, rooting them on until they devastated neighborhoods, destroyed African-American businesses like Bonnie and Clyde, and then they've gotten away with $16 billion that's unanswerable. Well, we were correct at that time in our assessment, and we were correct now, even as we were with the COVID thing, that's all starting to come. I ain't nobody going to jail. Fauci won't go to jail. The BLMers won't go to jail. Soros won't go to jail. We know that. We'll we'll have to wait for the final judgment. We do. But we do believe in it. And so today, I'm going to tell you, the church, as it has been many times, again, is making the wrong choices. It's supposed to be prophetic and priestly, not complicit. This is the Monday edition of Life's Lifeline. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven. The church is not supposed to be a court gesture for our government. It should not. It should be prophetically excellent in the capacity of debating issues, both sides, and bringing clear evidence 
as to what constitutes the truth. That's being prophetic. When you're not, you're a court jester. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4-KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. All right, the time is 5.51 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me finish up my uh, sort of narrative, my uh, monologue, and then we'll take take the phone calls in the next next hour, just have some conversation with you. Um, the idea that somehow um, a, the, the media, the, the legacy media outlet, the uh, mainstream media governed by the uh, deep state and the military and its and it's a global agenda here uh, in, in America, uh, telling uh, the, the president of Harvard, uh, you know, your, your job is under threat if you don't if you don't just openly condemn that statement. And sh- she did the same thing that the young lady did uh, in, uh, in in, in uh, the judicial hearing, Miss Jackson, uh, around, you know, context. What, what does that mean? Now, this is in terms of what does it mean to be a woman. Now, this is where you need to be extremely careful that you are not a party liner. What I mean by that is if you are rooted and grounded in being on the right, that is the political right, right, the right wing conservative. But you are not committed to pursuing the truth, even if it means being against your own political allegiance, then you're just a party hack. You're not a pursuer of the truth. What that means is. Uh, a pursuer of the truth doesn't matter what the person's label is. It's the context. It is the subject matter that's at hand. Um, otherwise, we are engaging in what is called genetic fallacy. And what that means is your team is always right. The other team is always wrong. It does not matter. In this particular context, the African-American uh, president of Harvard is holding her ground and she's finding support by a, lot, a number of her uh, peers in the university uh, because rather than having a discussion around the topic, the powers that be want to simply fire her for not bowing to the Gestapo investigation, the interrogation. Will you not do what we say? Condemn them wholeheartedly. And, and see, if you really think that through more deeply, what a tragedy in terms of freedom of speech. Now, again, I, I totally get it. Uh, our government has just, uh, again, uh, considered, if not agreed upon, a new definition like they did with COVID. Remember, uh, vaccines were defined one way as provably demonstrating doing uh, good and no harm to people who took those vaccines and demonstrated a, a benefit to, to, to the body in terms of immunity from the particular viral strain that the vaccine is designed to help people with, to uh, vaccine demonstrating uh, being able to uh, minimize the symptoms of the virus. The vaccine now no longer has to stop transmission. It no longer has to prevent uh, sickness. It just now has to curtail the sickness a little bit. How convenient it is for you to be in power, redefine the terms, and then punish people if they don't buy into your newfangled terms. That's what's going on here. You need to know that. From the river to the sea has been defined many different ways, and it really is worthy of 
a discourse and debate, but it won't happen because if you have a discourse and debate around the meaning of the term, where it originated, how it has evolved today to be a trope, and how it's being used even by evil entities who are barbaric in their behavior, I'm not talking about the Palestinians, I'm talking about Hamas, I make a distinction, because I'm fair and I care about human beings. Okay, so why won't we have the debate? Why won't we have the conversation? And I'll tell you why, because in the same way they didn't want to have the debate around COVID, we begged, we begged our government, our leaders to have a debate around COVID. You want to bring up Fauci, Barrick, you want to bring up um, all of the, um, the, uh, the folks that were in control of this whole fiasco called the lockdown, shutdown, distancing, mask, et cetera. You want to bring them to the table and bring other equal and beyond uh, equal uh, experts who know the, uh, the fields inside and out, whether that's dealing with virology, whether that's uh, dealing with vaccinology, whether that's dealing with uh, pandemics, wh uh, whatever the case may be, biology, microbiology, etc. All of those disciplines should have been, been brought to the table to actually evaluate that. That's called getting at the truth. You hear all sides and you come to a conclusion. But no, we strong-armed Americans force them into complicity to something that right now is still harming people and killing people. More and more data is coming out. More and more data had a loved one just recently, sadly, recently, just a couple of days ago, older sister didn't need it, but the doctors are pushing it. I'll tell you why, they get paid handsomely to give you the COVID vaccine booster. She went home, got sick and died. They won't ever attribute that to the booster. Won't ever do it. And yet the statistics are so clearly coming out. But why did that happen? Because the government forced it on us in a tyrannical, dictatorial, dictatorial and fascistic way, rather than letting us prove all things and hold fast to that which is good, which is the integrity of Scripture, both in the New Testament and the Old. In the Old Testament, it said in the Decalogue, particularly for rulers, judges, and kings, if two persons have a controversy that they cannot resolve on their own. You are to bring it to the judges, bring it to the judges, weigh out the matter thoroughly and completely and fairly, investigate the matter diligently so that we don't justify the wicked and punish the righteous. That's not what happens in our government anymore. I can tell you that now. I know a lot of you are saying amen, but you see, I'm coming up against the third rail. And the third rail is that the Israeli state can't be criticized. It can't be evaluated. It can't be assessed. It can't be held accountable for past behaviors, present behaviors, are, and, and apparently future behaviors. And our government is, is struggling right now. The Biden administration is struggling because he got caught lying too lying Biden when he said he saw 40 babies burned and beheaded. That's nothing but an emotional trope to get people dislodged from rational, logical, objective, critical analysis to get emotionally bent on wanting to kill people. And then he didn't even back away from it. He had to have his cronies back away from that proposition because it wasn't true. This is called the fog of war. This is the fog of war. 
But what's even worse, you guys, is when Christians are not only ignorant, not only apathetic, not only confused, but complicit. This is called the fold of complicity. It's the weakness of character that will sign off on evil, wickedness, and atrocities and harm to humanity out of fear or out of reward. That's called Judas Iscariot, by the way. Because of the worship of power as a god instead of righteousness and love as the ethic. Remember what the Bible says, you who love the Lord hate evil. Doesn't matter where it comes from. That's why Jesus came. He was the light of the world. And when he came through, Palestine came through, Jewry came through Israel. They didn't like him because he wasn't a party man. He was the truth embodied and he loved his father and he told them they were all guilty. You, you know it, Matthew 23, which is, which is where the church is today and has been for hundreds of years. You know, we can go back before slavery. But certainly World War I, World War II, Vietnam, certainly the Holocaust, certainly dealing with our own folks here in America, the indigenous people here, then African-Americans, and so many other things have the church gotten it wrong out of being part of the fold of complicity. And all I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, please hear me. It doesn't work. It doesn't work to be complicit with power. Your job is to trust the true of the living God. Your job is to know what the Bible says, to be diligent, search these things out, be a lawyer, be an advocate, certainly for the poor, certainly for people who can't speak for themselves. That's what the proverb was saying, that if you faint in the day of adversity, your, your strength is small. If you forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, they're drawn unto death, they're drawn unto death and are ready to be slain. If you say, behold, we didn't know anything about it. Doth not the one that ponders the heart know? Does not he that keep your soul not know whether or not you're being ignorant willingly, whether or not you are being apathetic out of a broken spirit, whether or not you are being complicit out of weakness and fear. Now, again, you know, I'm going to jail for this. I are in another era of time where, you know, this kind of a free, bold speech uh, was totally unaccepted. I'm dead. I'm in a gulag. I'm dead. And so have the prophets been from the beginning of the world. The prophets of God have always challenged the government. We don't have them today. There are court gestures. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now, back to Lifeline. We're back. The time is 6.07 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We are in the second hour. Let me put a bow on my conversation. So one of the reasons I'm passionate about this is because I've been doing some deep sea diving, not only into the history of, of Zionism, you know, Israeli Zionism, but also, again, Christian Zionism, because I... I, I really do believe that this is where you go to find the rudiments of what is taking place in our country, in our world today, uh, around this this present controversy that young people have begun to discover, uh, the younger generation, not the older generation, of which I believe there has been absolute complicity, including in the in the church, 
But I'm watching a, a presentation by a journalist by the name of Abby Martin. She did an amazing documentary on what is called the 2018 March of Palestine. You can go look it up online. It's about two and a half hours. Her name is Abby Martin. You can look it up, documentary on 2018 March of Palestine. And I can tell you, uh, it will break your heart if you actually have one. 2018 March of Palestine, Abby Martin, you can look it up. You can get it on, you can go on Google. It's free right now. I think they're going to take it down. But I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm watching the documentation. She was over there in Israel, in uh, Tel Aviv, and then in Gaza. Um, and, uh, and, and, and actually, she was uh, filming the protests at that time. Good folks of uh, the Palestinians are locked in their open cages, open prison, and I dare you to watch out. The only part of the clip that really, you know, brought me to a kind of uh, reversion of things that have happened in America was that uh, there's a couple of Israeli settlers sitting on the hillside drinking some coffee or something and kind of laughing um, as they're watching bombs get dropped on the on the Palestinian people sitting there on the hillside. They're sitting there watching as Gaza gets bombed. It's like, this is not the first time Gaza's been bombed. If you do your research, that way you want to be ignorant as you seek to support um, support Israel. You can support Israel and you can support the Palestinians, quite frankly. Don't let them lie to you and say that these two are mutually exclusive. Uh, be brave enough to admit you can be pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian at the same time, if you are brave enough to be that way. But when I sat there and watched those men sitting there um, enjoying a cup of coffee or some food or whatever, you know where it took me back to? You guys know, um, especially African-Americans, you know where it took us back to, celebrating. Uh, I'm like, here we go. It is. You can't tell me that um, the Holy Land is pure and clean as the wind-driven snow. It's just not true. And if you Zionist Christians want to say that, then you're lying. Either you're ignorant, confused, or complicit, and you, you need to own up to it. Um, because, you know, the, the whole world is filled with sinners. That's the beauty of the gospel. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that do it good apart from the grace of God. That's you, me, and everybody. Only person that is holy, harmless, undefiled, and never sinned, not in thought, word, or deed, is Jesus. So when, when I hear the governments talking about, well, you know, we're the most righteous military. No, you're not. Sorry. You're trying to put from the hood. This brother here talking to you is from the hood. And I grew up in the uh, 60s with, um, with with serious, serious conflicts with our uh, Oakland Police Department uh, hunting us down and beating us and uh, threatening us and accosting. I can tell you, I can tell you literally, you know, Huey Newton and, uh, and, and the rest of them during that era, uh, uh, the Black Panthers and, and a lot of protests going on, uh, you know, because of the same kind of um, unjust uh, military style uh, police governance that was really, really uh, uh, unstabilizing for African American community, West Oakland, East Oakland. Uh, this is the 60s. There's no doubt about it. 
um, living at that time and uh, seeing it too, threatened because I was a young teenager as well and, and realizing that the police were behaving arbitrarily. We finally caught them. That's what the cameras have to do because the media is going to lie. Your government is going to lie, going to protect them. We need people with cameras. Well, they got cameras over there. People are taking pictures. They're taking videos. Now, a lot of our uh, journalists have been killed. As I just told you, 64, 65 of them have been killed. Sadly, because, you know, truth is dangerous. By the way, let me say this before I, I say I got to go to another break. I promise I'll end here. I do want to really give uh, give my brother Craig Roberts a lot of uh, kudos and thanks for allowing me to have this platform for so many years, so many years, uh, especially when I have consistently challenged the mainstream narratives on every popular thing that I have felt like it has not been fairly critiqued, fairly analyzed, fairly deconstructed, not enough voices speaking truth to power in the context of those particular evils. Very thankful to Craig because, you know, he's part of a big radio uh, radio ministry with, with, with uh, Salem, uh, Salem Broadcasting. And I know that they have to actually owe some business lines that are, that are, that are challenging. Fortunately, we are not uh, uh, an international program. I w- it wouldn't work for me to be on internationally. I, I know that because you can just see where things are controlled, even up to Elon Musk. They're, they're controlled. But I, I'm thankful that I've been on the the, the program up to this time. I, I truly hope that people have at least been uh, <clears throat> cuddled by my passion to become more independent in your thinking and not trapped trapped by the lie. So it's extremely important that we exercise our constitutional rights and not just simply say we are because, again, uh, social media is going to be the uh, fundamental orifice for uh, censorship and not only censorship, but destruction of people. As Aaron Cariotti, who was also in the crosshairs of the Biden Fauci, destructive, uh, destroy any doctor, uh, any professor, any scientist who opposes our viewpoint uh, has just about won the lawsuit, uh, Missouri against Biden. They're winning that lawsuit because, as you guys already know, through Twitter, uh, the government has crossed the line way too many times in its atrocious, atrocious dictatorial fascist uh, domination of free speech. And it would do that right now if it could. It would do that right now if it could, particularly because of the third rail called uh, National Israel. Um, Unfortunately, when you behave wrong, when you do wickedly, doesn't matter how powerful you are, God is still on the throne. You know what that means? Somehow the slaves are going to get out and somehow the slaves are going to tell the story. And somehow there's going to be a method of underground escape, freedom on the part of people who refuse to be annihilated. And and then the story is going to get corrected. It might be that many of the wicked people get away uh, in this life, but we really do truly believe in a God who will correct things on this side or on that side as well. And I am advocating a fair hearing, a fair hearing for the people of Palestine and not a truncated, dominated by, 
you know, fearful people who somehow, and I, it's, listen, I can tell you now, got to take a break, but the, our good Jewish brothers and sisters all across America, and I know them personally, they're not insecure about somehow being killed by Palestinians or anybody else, notwithstanding the media saying there is an increase in uh, anti-Semitism. Um, you know, some of that we have to wonder because of the very mouths that it's coming out of. But the vast majority of well-grounded, non-bigoted, emotionally balanced uh, Jewish brothers and sisters that I know, the vast majority of them can see through this crap. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4-KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now, back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. Let's go to the phone lines. By the way, one line open, one 367 One line open, 1-888-367-5329. Let's go to line one and talk with Jermaine. Jermaine, what's up, man? Oh, nothing much. Just enjoying the show so far. Great, great. What's your thoughts? Well, I actually um, more had a question. I was wondering, is it is it sinful to remain ignorant of some of these events and then speak out on them? Because it seems like a lot of people are just jumping on sides. And then you start asking questions, and you, you find out they actually they don't have much knowledge about what they're speaking of. But it, um, at least for some of the spiritual folk, it always goes back to... Well, you know, I'm just standing with the ally, and, you know, we're, we're supposed to do this so we can be blessed. And, you know, you try to break things down and educate people, and they automatically start looking at you as a heretic, even though it's obvious they they haven't really thoroughly studied what it is they're claiming to. So I, I just wanted to kind of pose that question, because to me, it, it feels kind of sinful when you see the actions that are going on over there, how they're not godly at all, you know, in, in some situations, not every single one, but... I can't, as a Christian, jump on a side where it's endorsing the elimination of life when I don't even know what I'm talking about. So I just wanted to kind of ask that question to you. Yeah, no, it's explicitly sinful. It's explicitly sinful for Christians to be ignorant willingly. Explicitly sinful. So first and foremost, the Bible says, and we've been doing this for years, you know this, 1 Thessalonians 5.20, prove everything. Don't agree with everything. Prove everything and then hold fast to that, which is good. You don't take a position and then say, I don't really know what I'm talking about. That's first Thessalonians 5.20. And to to simply take a side, that's what I meant by being a party hack, is the guilt of the Proverbs. He that speaketh before he hears the matter, it is folly and shame to him. He that speaks before he hears the matter out is folly and shame to him. That's sinful to speak before really analyzing, knowing whether or not you have the grounds of of integrity, at least holding your position. If your premise is flawed and you don't know it, that's double sinful. Christians don't care nothing about that. They are so wrapped up in the flag and so wrapped up in the party spirit, left or right. We've been dealing with this with Christian folk on the left when it comes to uh, uh, democratic party lines and, and platform uh, policies, uh, and, and, and they are so contradictory to the Word of God, uh, that and, and their rationale is so flawed. Their inability to really ground it in Scripture is embarrassing. That's why I use those categories, Jermaine, of ignorance, of apathy, not caring, of confusion. 
and then ultimately complicity. Now, I think there are some Christians complicit with Zionism today, uh, and that's because of ignorance of going behind the scenes, getting past the premillennial dispensational theology trope, which says, love Israel and God will bless you, which is the furthest thing from the truth when you examine the text carefully. That's not an unconditional promise. You don't get to let your brother act a fool against your other brother, and somehow God's going to bless you because you are just indiscriminately, uncritically loving your brother over here. That would make God a respecter of persons and unrighteous and wicked. This is the problem with that, uh, uh, fundamentally speaking. So it becomes very clear that what you're dealing with with Christians is that they have been, uh, because of ignorance, because of apathy, they have been deceived, which Jesus said, let no man deceive you in his uh, Mount Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24. The first thing he said when he said the temple's coming down, old covenant is over, old covenant is not reemerging, no temple is coming back into play according to God's covenant purpose. There will not be a reestablishing of the Old Testament ceremonial law or legal law or um or um, old covenant uh, framework for, for, for worship that would be approved of by God. Now, it may happen under an antichrist system. This is something that we will be exploring at grace over the weeks and months to come, this um, Jewish-centered eschatology that, um, that fundamentally sets the world up for the antichrist system, of which, by the way, Jermaine, I am so thankful for those Jewish brothers and sisters who have studied enough of the Christian doctrine, which Christians haven't, around premillennial dispensational theology, and, and repeatedly tell the world, I'm talking about Jews for peace, tell the world the Christians want to help gather all the Jews in one place so they can be destroyed by a nuclear bomb under an antichrist system, and uh, and then we go into the millennium with 144,000 Jews. That's supposed to be a loving thing to do. Well, there's a little mockery there, but it's not far from the truth when you understand the framework of premillennial dispensational theology, which needs to be deconstructed and analyzed critically uh, from a biblical perspective by good theologians, which won't happen, just like they didn't want to deal with, uh, you know, good th- good doctors and scientists addressing the COVID thing. They're not going to do it here because where we're moving to is a dictatorial fascist system. We're moving towards uh, the Orwellian governance, uh, the biosecurity su- uh, surveillance state of which Israel and America is some of the leading technological structures uh, setting the world up for this kind of per capita individual, 8 billion people being able to be spied on massively. You know that. I've sent this kind of research out to all of you guys. And, uh, and, and, and Palestine happens to be a case study in how to, you know, survey people at this kind of Orwellian level. That's why they don't want to have that conversation because if, if the whole world has the cameras opened up, you begin to see a number of things that's going on over there in Israel that does not comport with the gospel uh, whatsoever here. So our brothers and sisters are just, they're just ignorant, uh, ignorant. And, you know, all you can do is, is pray for them in that regard um, and, and hope that, you know, some of them will ultimately wake up as uh, not the Christian church. The church is not going to do it, particularly the Zionist church. But the people of the world that have a much more invested interest in this life will protest 
and uh, sacrifice themselves, uh, as many uh, uh, people have done, like the person in Tiananmen Square in China. There have been people who have put their lives on the line in Israel to stop the things that are going on here. And Africa is waking up against this. And Ireland is waking up against this. Ireland knows this same kind of atrocity. The good people of Ireland, I'm not talking about the fascistic, uh, warmongering, uh, you know, traumatized uh, Irish people. I'm talking about the Irish people who emerged up out of it with a healthy biblical worldview and understanding when they see fascism, tyranny, and, and all of that kind of stuff can speak out to it. That's uh, The world is waking up to it, but the church is going to be a Johnny-come-lately because it's in danger of being muted uh, by by God for for not for not for not doing his job. We should be on the cutting edge of uh, speaking prophetically and priestly uh, to these matters. Never ever once having the same kind of attitude that the church did when it came to the Jews, that the church did when it came to Rwanda, that the church did when it came to blacks in America, that the church did when it came to indigenous people that the church did across the world and I, and I say that because the American church at the higher levels have always sided with power rather than the principle of righteousness and justice uh, and righteousness and love which is a gospel ethic uh, humanity has two choices to walk in the gospel ethic of righteousness rooted in love predicated upon the person and work of Christ as our model and as our savior or the beast with its power control dynamics and manipulations and lies, tyranny and slaughter. Listen, thank you for your call, my dear brother. I'm uh, happy to be part of the celebration of, of young Gabriel as he uh, gets uh, enlisted into the ranks of what we're going through. There are two lines open, one 367 one Yes, that's the point. That is the point. And the point is you need to know what you're talking about. If you're going to agree or disagree, which is fine. Just know what you're talking about. Don't just say, I've been taught this because I went to Dallas Seminary. Dallas was infiltrated just like Harvard was infiltrated, just like Princeton was infiltrated, just like many of our universities have been infiltrated by Marxist ideological constructs creating ethnocentric, hierarchical, sort of colonial structures to govern our world in the name of Jesus. one 367 We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. Let's go to line number two and talk with Murphy. One line number two. Murphy, are you there? Yes. How you doing? I'm good. What's your thoughts, man? Um, it's a two-prong. One, it has nothing to do with the other. Uh, I'll get the first one out of the way, which you can answer later. With it. The COP28 move, uh, do you know anything about it? And does this kind of solidify the 10 regions of revelations? Are they trying to concrete it down? And then uh, two, we'll have to deal with uh, the Israel conflict and everything. You can call me ignorant. Please pray for me if I am. Maybe I don't know enough about the Palestinian um, uh, history enough. But I'm kind of uh, caught in between um, emotions on this as far as there's a lot of people seem to be defending 
the Palestinian people. And I'm thinking like, and you always talk about that, how you separate Hamas from the Palestinian people, Israel from the Zionists. But it seems like everybody just keep pointing to Israel, 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 Israel. And it seems like they have forgotten what Hamas has done. It's like, isn't it, um, to some degree, we should be pointing our finger also at Hamas and saying, hey, I understand that Israel's doing their atrocities. They're, they're doing little extras over there. But uh, Hamas is hiding in the midst of the Palestinian people, using them as a shield. How do you know that? Um, well, um, I get different um, 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 inputs, not always from the regular news, but I also get my Do you have, do you have email? Sources. Do you have email, uh, Brother Murphy? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have the capacity to take my email down? Yes. Okay. I want you to take my email down. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Lowercase G B mm -hmm. C Girl Boy Cat Hayward. G B C Hayward. Okay. At G at Gmail at Gmail dot com. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you over some information. I want you to watch it. I'm going to I do. Well, this is what I do. I give people both sides. I don't just give them the mainstream media because our mainstream media are are pathological liars. You got to have enough information yeah, to that. make it. You got to have enough information to make informed decisions. And so what I'm going to do well, is I'm, give I'm you some information. No, I know that. I'm with you on I'm, that, I, I, I'm on the same page on that note as far as the new news is being. So here's what I want to uh, do for you. I want here's what I want to do. I want to give you enough information and sources so you can do your own research, so you can dive deep, so you can anchor yourself in facts, and then that way, when you say to people, "This is my position," because you have a right to have a position. I, that's not. That's definitely not what I'm against. Everybody can have a position, but if you show your ignorance by not actually having done the hard work of getting behind the external tropes. You know, if you bless if you bless Israel, God will bless you. I'm getting ready to prove that, that that's nothing but a trope. It has no essential meaning whatsoever. It's a smoke, smoke screen for all kinds of ignorance and error. But if you um, if you do the work broadly, then you can make categorical distinctions between the people who understand and have admitted the atrocities of Hamas. But you also will learn that Hamas was set up by both America and Israel, just like America set up ISIS, just like America set up Al Qaeda, our CIA. Yeah. Here, here's what our folks do. Here's what the big yeah, boys at the top do. Here's what they do. They they go out and they create monsters. Then they feed them and let them grow. And then they turn those monsters loose on society. And then they say, we're coming to rescue you. We're, we're the ones with the white horses and the hats, whether it's George Bush Sr., George Bush Jr., the Clintons, all of them. They're all the white horse riders, riders on the white horse to save you from the evils, the evil empires of the world. And people have bought that narrative rather uh, without being critical and, uh, and, and diligent in finding out. Now, where are all these monsters yeah, coming from? Pearl Harbor. Same thing. We'll so, 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 no, same thing. All I'm saying to you is, if you know they did it then, why don't you know that they're still doing it now? I said this a few weeks ago. I said Biden thanked Hamas back when he stole the election 
and uh, was happy that they were supported. But all Hamas was doing is the quid pro quo that goes on behind the scenes with our higher ups, our new, our, our uniparty that goes behind the scene, create these groups, and then actually set them up to be adversaries. So wars make money. I know you know this, Mur- Murphy. Wars make yeah. tons of money. The very bombs and strategic high-tech artillery that is employed in these wars, even right now against Gaza, are made by Americans, made by Israelis, made by our uh, companies with their names on them. Right now, Israel is being investigated for using poisons against the Palestinian people. You'll never hear that in the mainstream media, but I'm sending it to you. And you're gonna know why I'm you're gonna know why I'm saying, hey, 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 back one up. Now, it might be very well true that you're hearing in some of the media, Murphy, that you know, some people are, are so upset um that they want to minimize what Hamas did. I would not do it. I would not minimize what Hamas did whatsoever, but I'll tell you, it is absolutely essential to know if a dog bites you, you gotta also ask the question, why did he do it? And then you got to get behind the scenes to see, because every dog doesn't just run up and bite you. Sometimes they bite you because they're provoked. And that conversation is not wanting to be had. You're racist if you want to have that conversation. But see, we know about this kind of control narrative because black people have been condemned as being monsters and hideous and evil and uncontrolled many, many times in our own country by our own media, which our own government, along with uh, President Kennedy, who was killed because he wanted to do what's right. He confessed of the evils that went on in Jim Crow uh, in the South against black people, which which were raised up in in media outlets. And many of the good Jewish brothers and sisters were on the sides of African-Americans because they know what that propaganda is all about. They know what that that, that um, Auschwitz, what that Polish, what that German, what what that Austrian type of propaganda is all about, and it's happening here too, and we don't want to admit that. So if you if you got my email, I want you to just send it over, and then we can have that conversation. I'll give you the last last word. Though. I want you to I want you to exhale. I just wanted to let you know. I really want my brothers and sisters who want to say. You know, I'm on Israel's side. Okay, does that mean you not- can't be on the Palestinian side too? I'm actually not on either side. I'm not on the Israel Zionist side because, uh, unfortunately, you know, they're Jewish and they're Ashkenazi Jews, which I'm not a Hebrew Israelite at all. I'm a Christian. But, we, but you know what? Only, I would love to, I, I, no, I would love to have that conversation because that's an avenue of discourse, too, that you're talking about in regards to a lot of ignorance with even my Hebrew Israelite brothers that want to actually create a neo ethnic. Uh, premise for their existence. I'm fine with that because I actually think that's the problem, Murphy. I think the problem is is that Christ is way too small in this conversation. Jesus is way too limited. He's way too limited. The Jews make him a failure as a Jew, and the Gentiles make him only a savior in a small category when he's Lord of all, when he's transcendently sovereign, and he's saving people from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. And if you're a Christian, I had an argument right? with the Jews, Hebrew life, Hebrews for the exact same subject when they was out here. Open at the lake. I argue with them about that. They don't put Jesus Christ as head. They they that's use exactly him only as a right. for their that's point a neo, to make a that's a neo that's a neo Judaistic self righteous. Uh, 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 ethnocentric interpretation that's only putting them in the same category with the Zionist Jews. They are neo-Zionists. They, they don't even know it. 
Um, and, and so it's not they're not even talking gospel. And we got to be careful because I believe that that's where we're headed as a society. We're headed towards a gospel less, a Christ less, a ethnocentric conflict narrative dominating religion and moving us back into hostilities and all hostilities between Muslims, hostilities against Christians, hostility between Zionist Christians, along with Jew, uh, Jewish Zionists against uh, Muslims, when the history is clear that all three groups knew how to get along before power dynamics came in and divided everybody and turned everybody into warmongering monsters. So if we could ever get behind the scenes and understand history around who divided the lines, who created fictitious lines and divisions in Africa, in India, uh, and in America, and other parts of the world, and created these uh, faulty bifurcations, these conflict between people groups who never ever had these conflicts before including the Palestinians with the Jews. The Palestinians will tell you, they, the Jews, the Muslims, the Arabs, they all got along very well before uh, 1917. And then again, 1947. With wars, in between, they all got along until the Zionist uh, system was set up. They all got along. But see, this is about money and power. And about domination. This is not about religion. You hear it in your media. This is a religion. This is a, this is a religious war. No, it's not. This is about money. This is about politics. This is about oil. Oil. This is about domination. This is about geopolitical strategies of a conflict between the East and the West. And we're collateral damage, particularly if we're ignorant about what's really going on. So email me, bro, and we can keep having this okay. conversation. We can pick up the Hebrew-Israelite thing in the future because it's, it's a fascinating concept. Our African-American people are living in a major vacuum, particularly young people, and they want to abandon the church. And in many ways, I don't blame them because the church has dropped the ball on history, on the facts of the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. And uh, in so many levels. And when you and, you and I don't have the perfect man, we're going to end up... Uh, uh, falling prey for the flawed man. And the flawed man is any ethnocentric system that's willing to give you an arrogant pride about who you are in yourself. Thanks for the call. Two lines open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, let's see if we can haste our way to OB on line number four. If OB is still there, OB, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you for your patience. No worries, Pastor. Uh, I just want to apologize first for my question. It's a little off topic, but... No, it's okay. Go ahead and ask it. We're good. We're good. You, With your patience, you can ask anything. We can talk about aliens. We can talk about oh, parallel universes. Go ahead. <laughs> but no, I wanted to commend you, too, as well, because I've been tracking with you now for about... A little bit over six years, and I'm I'm shocked that they haven't tried to silence you because you've always, um, you know, shed light on the other views. And if nothing else, it helps us not to repeat some of the propaganda that we that we get. You know, even all the way back from when you were covering the job. Yes, so I just want to commend you on that. Um, Thank you. But the reason for my call was I sent you an um, 
an email and also I left a voicemail because me and uh, some of the brothers, we, we do a men's meeting and I remember you did a sermon that kind of shed light on Judas in a, in a different way that I've never heard. And um, I was trying to get in the whole of that sermon, hoping you could point me in the direction of it. I looked all over the website and nothing, I think maybe it was under a different name or something. They didn't have Judas in the name. So, and also I heard you talking about all that information that you wanted to send our brother that just called. I was yes. hoping you could probably send me that as well, because um, I definitely would like to check that out. Cause I, you know, I haven't heard of it and you know, if they're doing stuff like that with poison and stuff. We need to be yeah, shed- yeah. sharing. 100%. This stuff. 100% bro. 100%. Yeah. They'll, if I were, I, the reason I'm not getting shut down is because I'm just not that popular. I mean, you know, that that's what Facebook and Google did. I mean, there's a lot behind them, too, because they're directly in the warfare game as well. The first thing they do to you, as they did with Aaron Cariotti, as they did with uh, Jay Budacharya, uh, these cats I know, uh, some personally and some just in a peripheral way, some of these mainstream hitters, they basically shadow ban them like they did me. They, they shut me down in 72 nations on Facebook as well. They know how to limit your capacity of outreach. Once they do that, you know, fundamentally you're only hear it being heard by local people unless they launch it themselves as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, again, I, I thank Craig Roberts because he, he is actually the one who runs this program and he opens up the mic for me for now. I don't know, this has been a long time, he, but and he knows I do not hold to a whole lot of the popular narratives and, and I demand that we critique them, analyze them, and uh, <clears throat> and challenge them. And, and fortunately, God has been good enough to allow me to have some accuracy with this, because otherwise I would definitely be in trouble. You, you know that. The prophet cannot be speaking contrary to the mainstream uh, and be wrong over and over again and, 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 and survive. I, would, I wouldn't listen to me if everything that I was saying was wrong. But uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for the platform. Um, and so again, GBC Hayward, GBC Hayward at gmail.com. You can get me there. I'm going to try to uh, <clears throat> look up that message. I think, are you talking about the one I did with our brothers over uh, at Valley, Valley Bible Church? Um, I'm not sure where you were. I heard it on the radio because, you know, I'm, I was at work at the time, but I just Do remember, you remember the essence of it. Do you remember the essence? Because Judas Iscariot is a Zionist. I mean, I can, I can lay that out very clearly. Do you remember that? Uh, I be- yes, I do remember that. Because I remember you making that correlation that we're, we ain't no better than him. Exactly. Well, yeah, well, that's, that, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> Apart from the mercy of God, what we're going to do is we're going to side with power instead of with the Prince of Peace, apart from grace. I, I've dealt, those are messages I've done before. I'll see what I can on the Judas thing and send it over to you, but Judas is a signal warning to all of us of how close you can get to salvation and totally miss it in a pursuit of self-interest or in the weakness of buying into ethnocentricity. He was completely disappointed that Jesus loved Samaritans. Samaritans would be equivalent to the Palestinians today. He was uh, he was completely enamored by the fact that Jesus didn't exercise his power to completely destroy the Roman Empire. That's Zionism, um, you know, because Israel was under colonial rule at that time, 
and uh, and and Jesus said, "Render unto Caesar that was Caesar's, and unto God that which is God." He didn't come the first time for some kind of dictatorial, uh, dominant, you know, uh, ethnocentric reign. That that was a misinterpretation of of Jewish eschatology, going all the way back to the Asmoneans, going all the way back to the Maccabeans, and up to this present day with rabbinical uh, Judaism that that has emerged into the Zionism that's expressing itself in politics uh, right now. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful that there are multitudes of solid Jewish brothers that can explain this stuff. Well, I'm going to be sending it over to um, to Murphy, and I'll send it to, to you as well. And you, you guys will get links to all kind of other stuff. And do the hard work, man, because telling the truth is about loving people equitably and equally, meaning... There's no difference in God's eyes between the Jew and the Gentile, between the bond and the free, between the male and the female, between the Jew and the Scythian. See, this is what made Paul so lovely to God and so odious to the Jews is he mimicked Christ uh, adamantly. He became all things to all men that if by any means uh, he might win some. And he was radically Christocentric. Paul, the ultimate quintessential uh, Zionist himself. Remember, he was all about Zion. He was all about the high priest. He was all about Israel killing up Christians until he met the Lord Jesus uh, on the Damascus Road. And that conversion uh, led him to the Prince of Peace. And he, he transcended ethnocentricity. And this is what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's not a Jew. He's not a Gentile. Unless we understand it in the transcendent ideological sense, a true Jew is one whose heart has been circumcised, not his flesh. A true Jew is one who believes in the God of Abraham and lands on the person of Christ as the ultimate blessing. That's Galatians 3.16, that the blessings of Abraham are not material wealth and prosperity. It's the outpouring of the Holy Ghost so that men and women know the true and the living God by an invasion of grace in their soul and Jesus Christ reigning on their hearts. This is the blessing. Amen. And it's the blessing all around the world. Christians around the, the Palestinian Christian brothers and sisters know what I'm talking about. They've got their eschatology right, but they're getting shut down. They're, this is a big issue, man. This is well, just like they captivated our, our medical industry. They captivated our colleges and universities. They captivated our, our our ministries too, our seminaries. We're jacked up. We need to go back to square one and debate these issues all over again so that we can rediscover a transcendent, universal savior of all mankind and, and, and ground our relationship in forgiveness of sins and submission to the crown rights of the Lord Jesus and love men and women uh, evangelically to tell them the truth as it is in Jesus and get along with them if we disagree because only God can open their eyes. You don't, you don't convert people with the sword. You don't definitely convert people with drone strikes. You don't convert them with bombs. You don't convert them with poison. This is hideous. This is beast one and beast two. Whenever politics and religion come together, it's an anti-crisis. The Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name.
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.